Psalm 94, verses 1 through 15, these are God's words. O Yahweh God, to whom vengeance belongs. O God, to whom vengeance belongs. Shine forth, rise up. O judge of the earth, render punishment to the proud. Lord, how, Yahweh, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? They utter speech and speak insolent things. All the workers of iniquity boast in themselves. They break in pieces your people, O Yahweh, and afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say Yahweh does not see, nor does the God of Jacob understand. Understand you, senseless among people. You fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, shall he not hear? He who formed the eye, shall he not see? He who instructs the nations, shall he not correct? He who teaches man knowledge, Yahweh knows the thoughts of man that they are futile. Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Yahweh, and teach out of your law, that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit is dug for the wicked. For Yahweh will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance, but judgment will return to righteousness, and all the upright in heart will follow it. So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. The great question in verses 1 through 3 is one that saints often feel keenly uh, when they see how much wickedness there is. Um, The problem of evil is not so much a problem for those who don't believe uh, that there's a God or or who are pushing down, rather, upon the knowledge of God. Uh, But for the believer, like the the saints under the altar in the fifth seal in Revelation chapter 6, the great question is, How long, O Lord? Are you not a God of holiness and righteousness and vengeance? How is it that they uh, can continue? The answer is actually found uh, in verses 12 through 15 in our passage, and uh, it's similar to the answer in Revelation 6. The answer in Revelation 6 is, until the number of your brothers is completed. And there are people whom Yahweh is bringing to the knowledge of himself. He teaches them, he instructs them, he teaches them out of his law. He is bringing them to rest in him. He is taking them as his own people. And he not only makes them righteous with himself, but he conforms them to his own righteous character uh, so that at the last, when God does come in vengeance, when God does come um, and and set all things right, uh, for those whom he is saving, it is not going to be the day of their destruction. It is going to be the day of their deliverance. And so there's this, uh, there's this great big how long, uh, and the reason is, uh, not just that there's wickedness, the speaking of insolent things, they're shameless in the evil that they say, they're being full of themselves. Here they're denying, uh, in their hearts the reality of God. Verse seven describes, they believe that they themselves are the impressive and great reality. Uh, that's why they work iniquity, uh, because they are proud. All sin is atheism. Every time we disobey, is, isn't it true? When you, when you disobey God's law and you disobey mommy or daddy, 
Uh, we sit down with you and we say, God made you, and God made us, and God made the world, and God made dad the dad, and you the child. And when you decide to dishonor your father, when you decide to disobey, you are acting as if you are the one for whom all things exist. You put yourself in the place of God. Oh, well, that's exactly what it is saying here. The workers of iniquity boast in themselves. They think that they are the ones who see, that they are the ones who know, that they are the ones who uh, determine reality. Uh, and so they're not even ashamed or afraid to attack the people whom God has set apart to himself. Not only those who are made in God's image, and so all sin against uh, against other people is a great offense to God who made those people in his image, but even those who have been consecrated as holy to God and with whom God identifies himself, they're, they're willing to attack the people of God. Uh, and yet we don't often think that way uh, about our brother or sister or parent or spouse or child in the home, do we? Even though this is a Christian home, they've all been marked uh, by the Lord. And um, just about all of us profess faith. Uh, we are identified with God in that way. How can we not be afraid, ashamed at least, to attack one another verbally? despise one another in our hearts. Does God not see? Does God not know? Of course he does. Uh, and yet every sin is uh, is at its core, uh, this atheism. But of course God knows. You know how we know God knows? Because we know things. Where do you think the whole concept of knowing came from? We didn't invent it. It didn't start with us. He made creatures who can know things because he is the great knower of everything. He made creatures who can make judgments because he is the righteous and great and perfect judge. He made us with ears that can hear things because it is an analogy to the God who, who knows immediately and observes and responds to everything that is said or even thought. He made us with these amazing eyeballs, these evolution-defying eyeballs, theory of evolution-defying eyeballs. Uh, not just so that we could say, wow, evolution is the most preposterous idea. How can grown adults and so-called great intelligent scientists believe such a fairy tale? That's true. But one of the great reasons he made our eyes is so that we would know that there's an analogy in God, that the concept of seeing has its origin in something that isn't like seeing with a human eyeball, but this perfect observance uh, and immediate knowledge of, understanding of every aspect of everything and all of creation and all of time. And so what verses 8 through 11 are saying is that God is the ultimate reality behind all of the little r, lowercase, realities that there are, and the one who lives as if the earth is for him, the world is for him, and as if he is not going to face the living God who created all things and is the judge of all things, is an utter fool, because even all of his physical and mental and spiritual capacities shout to him, announce to him, proclaim to him, 
There is a living and righteous and glorious and powerful God, which is why it's so amazing that he hasn't destroyed us all. That the answer to the how long question in verses 1 through 3 is the redemption answer in verses 12 through 15. And so we are to trust him. We're to be instructed by him, not questioning him, but learning from him, being amazed that the one who has put so much truth on display in his world and in the way that we are made also has given us a perfect inscripturation of truth in his law. Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Yahweh, and teach out of your law, and that he has done this to point us to himself. Not that we might have rest by doing rightly, which we are unable to do, but that we might have rest from him and in him, that when the days of trouble, the days in which God patiently endured sin and patiently endured vessels uh, prepared for destruction, when those days are over and his wrath comes, there will be those who are not objects of wrath, but objects of mercy. And we see the different way that we respond. Because we're on the verge, aren't we? When we say, how long, O Lord, can it really be true that you are the just and righteous God of vengeance and all of this wicked happen? We're on the verge there of making the same mistake that the wicked do, aren't we? If we don't finish it with, because God in his glorious and wise and loving purpose is carrying out his plan for history, which we know, praise God, and this psalm says is a, a plan of redemption. If we don't come there, then we're in danger of saying, you know, it doesn't seem like there's a God who hears and a God who sees and a God who knows and a God who understands. When we ask the how long question and we don't give the God's plan of redemption answer, we are right on the precipice, the danger of falling into the same error as the wicked. And how dreadful that would be. And so thank God that part of his law, part of his instruction, is Psalm 94. The psalm is its own answer. He's giving us something to pray, something to sing, that teaches us, lays hold of our heart, and points us to this God who is redeeming sinners as the answer for the how long question. Let us pray that the Holy Spirit would write that answer not just on the pages of Scripture as he has done, but on our hearts to lay hold of God by faith. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that we know from your word that you will never forsake us, that you are always carrying out your plan of redemption, and that this is the reason that you endure with such uh, incomprehensible patience the evil of the wicked. Forgive us, O Lord, when... In our asking questions, uh, we come to the point not of inquiring, but of questioning you, uh, and grant that your Spirit would remind us of what we know from your Word, that we would know you as ultimate reality, that we would know your redemption uh, as the, the reason for ongoing history and for what you permit and do in the midst of it. Help us, O oh Lord, to live in relationship with you, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.